The Salon with Lala Milan is a new podcast that we think you'll love. You might already know Lala from her viral videos on Instagram and TikTok or her parodies on YouTube. And if you don't, you're missing out. Not only is she hilarious, she gives great beauty tutorials and fashion tips, and her squad are known for their savage pop culture gossip. The salon is all of that and more. You'll find unfiltered conversations about sex, beauty, relationships, situationships. You know, we love talking about that and everything in between. (laughs) Okay, entanglements, all that. (laughs) Check out The Salon with Lala Milan right now on your favorite podcast app. looked at you you stole my heart you were all that i anticipated i wanted you every part but i knew love would be complicated i began to touch but you wouldn't let it it never seemed to be the right time i started to give up down to the limit and then you change your mind. Oh. Take it, sis. To rock. Hey, mm-hmm. steady, 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 rocking all night long. We and we steady. Rocking to the break of. That was a good one. I was, I was, I was ready. Yes, because I used to hate the whispers when I was a kid. Irrationally, I hated their mustaches. <laughs> I hated all the tan they had on on the cover of that album. <laughs> I hated the whispers irrationally. But as I got older, here we are. Oh man, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How you feeling? I'm okay. Um, my histamines. The histamines are trying to attack my life. They're trying to get us. Yeah, and I just need, I just need them. I just need to block. I just need a block feature. Like I block everybody on Twitter and all social media. I wish that there was a feature, a button that I could press that would just block all the histamines. Um, if you let let us give you the backstory quickly whew. of the histamines. Well, we were getting ready to go to San Francisco. I think was it San Francisco? Mm. Dallas. Dallas. And we were traveling for the live show, the Friends Zone Getting Grown live shows. And uh, Destin and I were bonding over over our seasonal allergies. And he was getting ready to get on the yes. plane. We were very excited about this long flight. He said that he was going to take him some Benadryl to block the histamines. He kind of like... The, we had a cab driver woo! who was a big old country thing (laughs) and he was just i mean it was like having a conversation with bruce bruce (laughs) and he was driving us around and this man got to talking about how the histamines were out to get him and the histamines were out to get kia and dustin at the time too so everybody bonded over the histamines histamines. (laughs) we gotta get it out of here i will never forget that man (laughs) Oh, would you like to properly welcome yes, the people? Welcome, I welcome, we guys. I'm that. just sorry. I'm just overwhelmed. I just saw the the Hill just tweeted that as Trump arrived at the White House, he took his mask off. But that's okay. Yeah, I, so listen, 
Yes, we are back <laughs> to talk <laughs> about the scam that is an adulting in the year 2020. We're going to talk about the ghettos of being a real life adult, navigating the twists, the turns, the, temp- the temptations, the trials, the taxes, the tax returns, child, all of that. We're going to talk about all of that, um, being a real life adult in the year of our Lord 2020. No Barbara Walters. Well. Mm. Welcome to the kitchen table uh, where the world is on fire outside all around us. <laughs> Thank you for... I am the little hello. I am the little white girl from the meme <laughs> of watching the house Ooh, burn down with a slight God smile on her face. God. So I just, I'm grateful. You know, I had, a, I had a time, I had some reflective time while I was taking my shower after my workout today. And I just had to mm-hmm. like say, Lord, you know what? Despite all of the... I mean, I mean, just the the world being on fire all around me. I'm just going to practice some gratitude. I'm just grateful that things are as well as they are. And that, you know, as far as I know, I have what I need. And, um, mm. you know, I, I am still able to work and and do things to care for myself and my family. And I'm just trying to be be grateful because I really feel like that's all I can do given the circumstances, mm. because it's like, mm, mm, mm. and I have also resorted to just like not watching anything but Netflix <laughs> because I I yeah. can't. And I mean, I literally just opened up my tweet deck because I knew we were going to get ready to do the show. So I want to kind of see, you know, if I can get a little quick little glance of what's happening in the world. So I'm not completely in the dark when you start talking about the trash. And the first thing I see is that this man... Who has tested positive for coronavirus less than seven days ago is out in the mm. world operating and maneuvering with uh, maneuvering, operating and maneuvering <laughs> without a mask, compromising the health, safety, and well-being of countless people around him. And I just don't even know how to wrap my brain around it. I'm just so I'm just so overwhelmed. <sighs> We'll talk a little bit more. Okay. About that. All right. How are you, how are you doing, though? <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a very long way of introducing myself. Oh, no. So I am actually ex- exactly the same. I'm very grateful that I can order things from Target you know, Delivery. Um, while the world burns around Listen. us, I will be, you know, deep conditioning my hair. Listen. And that's fine. And that? Uh, and I'm grateful that I'm able Ooh, to I'm just bla- I'm just going to I'm grateful that I can while things are happening around me and I know I'm not saying this lightly so I recognize mm, there are people no. who are dealing with very trying things but I am grateful that I can just yeah. hide within season 15 of Grey's Anatomy and, and, find, and I'm grateful that I can laugh at dumps you know what I'm saying I can just find <laughs> I can find refuge in fiction <laughs> Because the reality of life is so much right now. Mm, So much. mm, And I have mm. been typing many words all day long. I've just done nothing but type all day long. And I'm grateful for the focus to do so. But it's just been a long Mm. day's work. And I'm excited about getting into my bed and closing my eyes. Oh, my God. (laughs) I cannot wait. I know Gen Z has been talking big shit about girlfriends and all the shows that have been rebooted. They're like... Oh my God, it's so problematic. And I mean, I want them to um, stop judging us, okay? I, well, in all fairness, like, I, okay, I get y'all. However, I like to watch it for the nostalgic aspect 
I this was a simpler time. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, we had things like 9/11. Yeah, absolutely. But it still was a simpler was time a simpler than what it is now. Time. And I'm not making excuses, right? I do feel like when you know better, you are responsible to do better. And I will completely agree with you that rewatching some of these episodes of Girlfriends has further let me know that these bitches were never friends. Like they were not friends. Never. I never wanted I never want a friendship that mirrors the things that you see between um Tony Joan, Maya, and Lynn. Never. I'm good. But at the same time, in my youth, <laughs> I was a fan of the show. It was just maybe it was because there was such a lack of representation in television and I didn't feel like there were many yeah. stories that, you know, remotely mirrored any sort of kind of possibility. Um for my Absolutely life. Not. So it was just enjoyable. Yeah. And I mean, it was all fantasy, right? So like a lot of the watching, watching these shows, Moesha, um, the game, girlfriends. Mm. I am, I have, I find myself, especially like even sex in the city, those kinds of things. Because I watch, uh, I watch sex in the city now and I am pissed because I'm like, there's no earthly way that Carrie could have lived where she lived and and I lived the life that she lived that. making what she made like i mean i mean i just have different perspective then right so um 750 dollars a month she paid never, in rent to live on the lower east never, side never not even during that time was that a, was that a possibility well, upper east side lower east side where did she I thought live it was upper 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 east side I, I wasn't really but I could I be wrong sex in the city movie yeah I could be wrong um, but I mean either way either way somebody's millions lying. of dollars of clothes <laughs> and shoes that's what I'm saying somebody's and lying big lies this was at a time where I know rent was not that little and we can have the conversation about rent control and rent stabilized Carrie did not come from a family who owned this apartment yeah, for years and years and years. She did not live in a rent-controlled building. Oh. If she lived in a rent-stabilized, that bitch still would have ended up paying like some way, something way more realistic. It was probably 70. double, probably fourteen fifty. Um, right, and uh, and honestly, seven fifty was probably what she was paying for them shoes. <laughs> like, girl, don't stop that, playing in my face. Facts. Mm-mm. I facts. I remember buying my first pair of the most uncomfortable shoe ever known to man, a.k.a. a Louboutin. <laughs> and it was wretched. I sold them bitches so I mean, quick. I said, this lie. is not it's for my lie. feet. It is, it is a lie. <laughs> it is not for the faint of heart. But yes. But we got trash. We got trash to get into. Shall we get into it? A clean up woman All right. Wow. Trash. Lots of it. So... Um, I saw some tweets where people were like, oh, I can't wait for getting grown to talk about the debate. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I wanted to tweet back and be like, yeah, <laughs> keep waiting. But <laughs> I was like, well, let's acknowledge that it happened. It happened. Yeah. Um, It was just as much of a shit show as we ever thought it would I be. Mean- I mean, there is a whole lot to, that, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess I feel like there's mm. a whole lot to talk about and then, but, but we can talk about it like very simply, like it was all a, a, a couple hours of just what the, like it was, it was just like truly a couple hours of like, just what is happening in life right now? 
crazier than titties on a roach. I mean, never in all of my days. Um, Mm. and I mean, it just like ever since the debate, like it just seems like you know, there's just more and more foolishment um, that we have to contend with. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know that we that we Jade and I had not planned to get into any depth or detail. <laughs> no. uh, because at the end of the day, we know who we are voting for, and uh, nothing and, said uh, or done w- at that debate is going to change that. So that's all I got. And I wish a proud boy would stand Listen, back and stand yes. by, because nigga, I'm taking up archery. Oh my God, help us. <laughs> and I just want you to know, I am hunting niggas. Twenty twenty one. I made a mistake of, <laughs> of trying to understand because I didn't know much about the Proud Boys. Um, because the Lord is gracious and kind, keeps me from all That's harm it. and danger. But well, well, I found myself in a rabbit hole, a googly yeah. rabbit hole of just finding out just what the Proud Boys are, what they do. That sounds what good. kind of mess they keep up. And I quickly regretted that decision. Um, and I kind of, I, I just made my way out of that hole when I learned that the current international president of the Proud Boys is an Afro-Cuban. Of course it is. And I just said, you know what, Jesus? That is my cue. Because <laughs> I got to go. Okay, I don't have time for this. I'm not, I don't have time to try to make sense out of nonsense. I have got to go. Okay. okay. <laughs> I've got to leave. Like Trey Song said, I've got to go right me. now. Trey Song says, I got to go right now. And that's just what I did. <laughs> I'm going to just head out. I'm just head out. <laughs> I'm not coming back neither. And I won't be back. Come on. Oh, God. It's just, it's so, I have to laugh because it is so cr- bizarre. Like, it is just out of this world nuts how this world but you know what it's been this way it's been this way this is literally nothing new it's nothing new niggas been racist they've been doing the kkk been kkk and you know it's just because we have this sort of administration and power right now it's just become a lot more evident in our faces but the system has been fucked up for so long um but yeah so that debate happened your their president refused to denounce white supremacy <laughs> allegedly later on in he some did. interview on fox news he did denounce the kkk and denounce like, white girl, supremacy two days later Please. right like you are you had time to sit and think he about it and, call them and say listen i'm about to say this but i don't really mean it <laughs> that's what right happened. Like, we just need to get this election in the bag. That's that's what's going on. He hit up all the Grand Wizards <laughs> and, you know, just they did whatever they needed to do. Like, I'm going to say it, but my fingers would be crossed behind my back. So, isn't, um, uh, I believe the, isn't Kamala and Pence debating this week? If I'm not mistaken, I feel yes. like that is happening maybe Wednesday. Um, but I don't know, though, because um, Pence's press secretary... And a lot of other people in his cabinet have also tested positive for the virus. Wonderful. Hopefully he, <laughs> he tested negative allegedly. Maybe that will change. I don't know what his, don't know what his um, results were, but I know Kamala said that. Kamala's results is that she's good. I I just feel like their debate is, on Pence's side, it's going to be a lot of blessed be the fruit, may the Lord open. Oh. 
um, and a lot of other Handmaid's Tale rhetoric uh, as far as Kamala. Yeah, not sure. But, you know, we'll we'll pray for her health and, um, you know, we'll pray for other things for the rest of them. Um, and speaking of that, as we said earlier, uh, the carrot hot dog has COVID, allegedly. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a great number who believe that it is all some sort of plot or ploy to, you know, whatever kind of schemes they're up to. Others I mean, are you like, OK, anything well, that he says at this point. You know, you really can't. We don't know. Nothing truthful ever really comes from these people. Um, But if he has it and he is riding around and exposing Secret Service agents and drivers and all manners of other human beings who can catch it and can suffer an awful demise, it literally would speak to nothing new about his character. So, absolutely, you know. And if it's the Secret Service agents who would vote for him, then, uh, you know. Move on, Just <laughs> move right along. I don't know. I don't know. Um, in sad news, uh, Thomas Jefferson Bird. So I had heard um, that a little bit yesterday. He was shot. What happened? In Atlanta. I don't know, actually. The only details that I've seen so far are that he was shot multiple times in his back. Uh, fatally um, and killed at about, and I think he was discovered about 1.45 in the morning. I'm not sure what the circumstances are surrounding his death. Um, if you know, don't know who Thomas Jefferson Bird is, he is a black actor who has been around. He played Luther in Set It Off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he played mm-hmm. um, Max Maxine Shaw, attorney at law's landlord in Living Single. Uh, he was in Clockers. He played Nola's daddy, and she's got to have it. Um, uh, just, just a m- many, many things, many, many things. And um, fun fact, not so fun fact. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Maybe last year at the she's got to have it uh, release party. The was it last year or the one before that? Maybe it was the one before that. I was at the bar getting a drink. <laughs> And he came up and was getting a drink. <laughs> and <laughs> the bartender passes him his drink. And this nigga knocks me whole ass in my head <laughs> with his drink. How? <laughs> I don't, like, because the bar was kind of crowded. Were you, you were shorter than he was. What? What are you? I'm saying that as, you know, you as doing? a person who's, you know, a little height challenge. Did he not see you there? Is that what was happening? I'm not sure if those <laughs> logistics are what played a part <laughs> But he knocked it. It would take quite a sizable young man to hit me in the head with a drink. I'm just saying. (laughs) And I looked at him and he looked at me and I was like, bruh. (laughs) Did he say anything? Did he say sorry? No. (laughs) But I'm saying this all with love and I'm laughing about it. Like I'm not, I'm not talking shit. We actually want to. Uh, for sure, wish his um, his loved ones, his friends, and his family, uh, give them our condolences. Sure. Um, that's such a sad and tragic way for somebody to go, and so cowardly. Absolutely. People who do who shoot in the back, I just you nothing good could ever come to your life because you really, you really are a wretched human being and a cowardly pussy of a human. Um, our girl Megan, yes, was on SNL well, this yes, week. She was. 
and had many political things to say in her performance. You know, Mama had backgrounds and dancers and messages. Yes, indeed. She had a message for Daniel uh, Cameron. She used her stage. Um, she sure did, and I I greatly appreciated it. She used her stage, um, not to promote any anything with the short man, <laughs> not to say anything about him. She didn't even give him any of that power. She literally talked about how black women are not protected or made a message, should I say, of black women not being protected. Um, and also made sure to put in that black men are not protected by um, by law enforcement and by society as well. And so I really appreciated. She, she didn't take her personal experience and use that. I hate all niggas because she, you know, she's a good person. She's could be a better person than myself. And so, um, we really appreciate Congrats. that her Congrats using her platform her. it's a big stage it's absolutely. a big deal she's got a lot going on absolutely and i'm very um i'm proud that she's just kind of keeping her head down um yeah. and not really but, but moving you know forward yeah keeping her head down and being herself showing up and doing her work not letting all of these circumstances uh detract from any of the, the hard work that she's been putting in and continues to put in so i i have a lot of respect for that absolutely so we love us some meg and we content we love to watch her glow up time 100 um uh, the snl the skit she was a part of was great like it was funny like I, I just i love to see her win um despite all that she's been surrounded with she absolutely deserves it um ananda lewis yeah ma'am i mean one of our beloved journalists of the Someone 90s. Someone was just cutting onions in my bedroom when I watched that video. Child. I was a mess. And I love her. I actually follow her because I think Ananda is a carpenter now. <laughs> she hilarious. just reminded Go her ahead business. And make you your benches and tables and things. Okay, I live for it. And she's she's been diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. She's battling with stage three breast she cancer she right now. She has been battling it for the last two years. Yes. Which yes. is a big deal. Um um she so you know we we just want to send our love like ananda's been with us for so long um and she just has mind just minds her business and just lives her life and we really we really we really are gonna pray your strength sis while you fight through this really pray your strength uh and lastly um, it's, it's pretty heavy trash this week. Uh, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend um, lost their baby boy. <clears throat> very sad. Um, very, very, very sad. Many prayers to their family. I don't wish that kind of loss on on uh, on anybody. Um, but what I wanted to talk about surrounding their situation is there's been a lot of uh, backlash and things. Really? which is a really strange word to even what use. What kind of backlash? Um, what are people upset about? They're upset that she posted the pic, you know, the image that she posted. Um, and, you know, to that I have to say, if you're triggered by something, you know, it's understandable, but you also have to understand that other people, as they're dealing with things, they process in the way that they need to. 
And it is not our place to speak on how other people process their trauma, their loss, their tragedies. That's not okay. And if it seems to be something that's triggering for you, then it might be time to log off or to find some help. And that's not shade. That's not like coming at anybody. But that's that might be what you need to do for your mental health, because the truth of the matter is we cannot control all that is around us. And everybody deserves to process in the way that suits them best. If Chrissy Teigen wants to post an image to even show solidarity, for whatever reason, for whatever reason she decided to post that, that is her business and her way of processing. And it is nobody else's place to speak on how she does that. And that goes for anybody, celebrity, non-celebrity. It's not our place to speak on how people process what they're dealing with. And that seems to be a really big issue. People conflating, oh my, well, in my experience, everybody is not, they don't know about your experience. So if you're triggered, you've got to seek some help for that in whatever way that comes. But you cannot be upset because other people process in a different way than you do. I just want to add, I mean, I feel like the internet is, uh, you know, just cent central to our culture and the way that we navigate it. It is, it is um, a tool. It is a platform. It is how people make their money. It is how people tell their story. Um, and there is responsibility to those people, who, to, who, to those of us who have larger platforms. And I'm not, when I say us, I mean anybody, anybody that has a platform. I don't think that mine is not a very big one, especially not compared to Chrissy Teigen. But I just saying all this to say, um, we have to be careful around like, like, I just don't think it's fair to hold people who are not in relationship with you responsible yeah. for your triggers now now that I doesn't agree. that doesn't mean that people should just be reckless or you know i mean i saw the pictures i went and just looked at the pictures that chrissy posted and i i could mm -hmm. see how folks would, would have you know um especially people who have have shared this experience i could see how folks would be triggered by that mm -hmm. but that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that chrissy um you know shouldn't should be limited in doing what she wants to do or doing what she feels like she has, she needs to do in order to honor this very exactly. tragic time in her life. Right. And exactly. you never know, um, you know, I mean, and I, I hate to say it, but what might trigger you might empower the next person. And, and so, it's, no, but that's true. And so I, I just wish that we, we would, um, I wish that we would just, you know, we talk a lot. I feel like this is going to be a conversation one day, but I just haven't really found my found the way to wrap the words around it in the way that I want to. Um, I think we are very, you know, cancel culture is a thing and folks have their feelings about whether or not it should be. But I, but I, mm -hmm. I feel like in addition to having the cancel culture conversation, we have to also talk about grace and compassion and kindness and the politics around, you know, who gets it and who doesn't. Um, yeah, because I don't know. I feel like I, to me as a woman and I've never, I've never been pregnant. I've never had a child. Um, but as a woman, I feel, um, that it is, it's really hard. It's really, it's got to be very hard, very challenging, um, to be, to be dealing with such a, a 
devastating time in your life and on top of that have to contend with people's comments about how you are, you know, making it through this very difficult time. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I just feel like the weight of that compounded upon the weight of what Chrissy is going through has probably got, I mean, I mean, has got to be, I don't want to say probably, but has got to be, um, you know, such a heavy, heavy, heavy burden to bear. And so mm-hmm. while I completely honor the experience of everyone who has suffered um, loss through miscarriage, right? Because it's something, and I don't think it's, it's an, I don't want to say it's an accident, but you know, um, this is, this is like miscarriage awareness month. Like this is a time of year where we think about women and honor women who have dealt with this. And this is a very common thing that a lot of women deal with. And so before Absolutely. we rush to judge, I wish we can just rush to um, the same way that we rush to judgment. I wish that we can just rush to to empathy and rush to, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't want to say like just pausing, not rush to pause. But I guess like before we rush to judgment, taking time to really think about what this might be like for, you know, that family or other families, people who don't have Chrissy's resources, people who don't have Chrissy's platform that are dealing with this mm-hmm. very thing right now. Um, yep. And just like, like think about the women who might, might be finding solace and affirmation and community and encouragement mm-hmm. to know that someone that they admire or look up to like Chrissy and John legend would be so open and honest about something that's so hard. Um, Mm-hmm. So before we, I don't know, I just wish that folks would be so, we, we can be very, very critical. And I know that that's our muscle, right? That's something that we have a lot of practice in doing. That's very much a cultural value in this country, unfortunately. But truly, I just hope that, um, <laughs> I just, you know, <laughs> my prayers continue to go out to uh, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend and yeah. all of the other women who are suffering and dealing with or who have suffered and have dealt with um, losing a child um, yeah. in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, you will feel the strength of those prayers and find ways to tell your story um, or not tell your story or find ways <laughs> to help and affirm other people, um, you know, who, who might be dealing with what you're dealing with. That's it. And that's our trash this week. Let's uh, get into a shout out. My sister's popping right now. Okay, we have a shout out and it's from one of our GGBs. Um, Always excited to hear from the GGBs. Always excited to hear from everybody. Let's be clear. Um, So I must read the subject of this email. A nigga and his wife were blessed by your podcast. (laughs) So Marcus, that's his name, writes... A few weeks ago, I tweeted getting grown. Sorry, Marcus. We don't. Sorry. We don't always see that. (laughs) I tweeted getting grown to let you ladies know that I appreciate you for giving this brother the knowledge that allowed for my wife and I to purchase our first home. It was proper alignment that before listening to your episode in which Kia discussed her home buying journey, that I was on the fence as to whether or not I should be listening to this show. You see, I was thinking that this show was strictly for women and I had no business being in the room when women are talking. 
I now see that I was wrong. And a few months after listening to Kia speak on her home home ownership journey, my wife and I are now new homeowners in PG oh, County. Hey. Special shout out to our realtor, Rakia right, Tyler. Who was instrumental in getting us into a home. I, I did not think I would be moving out of our apartment and into a whole damn house this year, but here we are. Thanks again, ladies. Kia, if I ever run into you in these future corona-free streets, know that I owe you a housewarming oh, gift. Oh, same to you, and my that's friend. that's from Marcus, darling. Marcus. Congratulations, darling. Marcus and wife. You got to let us know what your wife's name is, nigga, so we can call I her know. out too. Um, all the For all of the GGBs, you're very, very welcome here. I actually encourage yeah. men to listen to the and show because, up. like, we want to hear from you, right? Because we want to hear I can't from speak you, about but we also yes. we 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 you need to know what 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 we talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just gonna help you out. It's just gonna help you out in the future. You need to know what we're talking about. We're talking about adulting, which is not limited to any gender, yeah. uh, sex anybody it's it's for everybody we just happen to be two black women talking about it and if we talk about the complications of our uterus <laughs> um or as two uh i cisgendered I, women identifying yes individuals yes. i think i said that right um the show's for everybody it is. <laughs> the show's for ggbs it's for ggws <laughs> it's for bbws <laughs> it's for thim slick it's for <laughs> oh, it's for my trans community it's for the not my bi non-binary friends it's for the cisgenders it's for i don't it's for everybody nigga it's for everybody everyone is welcome so, at the kitchen table absolutely I, I there's nobody who is not welcome except republicans <laughs> and uh racist bigots well, that, of course hateful and those without common sense but anyways go ahead sis, no I'm i was sorry. just going to say that you know i talk a lot to like you know friends people who i know in real life about the gaps and understanding that exists between black men and black women and how much i feel like we would all benefit from just sitting around and talking about things from our own individual perspectives so i have learned yes. a lot of things from you know male friends that i have um you know, just sitting and listening to them. And I'm here to tell you, like, and it's taken me a long time to realize this, this great big age, but like, just even like, we are raised to be different people entirely. And even if we look at it in mm -hmm. terms of the binary, right? So when you add the layer of, you know, non-binary and other identities, you know, that add, that adds, you know, complexity even further. And not, com not to say that complexity is a bad thing, but just, you know, depth, right? Things are not, you know mm -hmm. um you know linear or singular in that way but i just sit around and listen to people who i have the privilege of being in relationship with and i have said many many times right that men are raised black men are raised to see the world live in the world um function within the world uh n navigate and negotiate the world in ways that are fundamentally different than we as women are um, and yes. that's looking at things in just those really broad categories. And if we were to look at intersections and other kind of sub identities that we have, you know, that, you know, is, you know, like I said, the complexity abounds, but all that to say, I, I think, you know, in the future, I hope that we can, um, engage a lot, a lot of, um, you know, more conversations that involve, um, you know, hearing and understanding, you know, men, male perspectives, the perspectives of, of, you know, GGBs of all, of all kinds, of all identities, all walks of life. Because 
that's the kind of information that I feel like helps me to be a better person. Um, so all that to say, thank you for listening, Marcus. I'm very, very proud yes. of you and your wife. I'm very happy for you all. Um, shout out to Rakia um, and all, all of the folks who are thinking that, you know, not really sure whether or not they can afford a house or whether, uh, you know, buying a home is in their future. I'm here to tell you that if I can do it, all of you blacks can especially with the help of a very, very skilled and knowledgeable uh, real estate agent like like Rakia and the host of others that are in the uh, DMV. So, yeah, shout out to you, Marcus. Rakia the baddest, baddest real estate (laughs) agent in PG County. (laughs) Out here. She just posted on her social media that she got like, she like doubled her last year's whatever. Like, she surpassed her last, it's only quarter three of this year, but she's already exceeded what she did last year or something like that. I'm sure I'm saying that incorrectly because, you know, whatever. But shout out to I her. Love I love She's it. out here doing it. Shout out to you, Rakia. Um, and y'all continue to look her up. That episode is, you know, it lives, you know, it, y'all, you will find it anywhere you find you're getting grown episodes. You can find an episode, take a l- listen to it and get your life in your house. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's it. Well, Let's get into this kitchen table talk. Talk, talk, talk. There's talk, a lot of great talk, ways talk, to start off your day. Drinking coffee. Oh, yes. Meditating. Also. Walking the dog. I don't have one of those. But what about starting with making up your bed? That can That is a game changer, okay? It is a changer, a game changer to make up your bed. When you make your bed in the morning, it starts your chain of daily successes. So what feels better than making your bed every morning? How about the sheets that go on it? Go with Brooklinen, home of the internet's favorite sheets. I've been rocking with Brooklinen for like four years now. Ever since I saw their ad on the train for the very first time, I was intrigued. I was like, okay, so what y'all talking about? Because you're all over the place. So I ordered me some Brooklinen sheets. First of all, they came in the cutest. Like, I got a tote bag (laughs) in there as well. But outside of that, the most important thing I laid down and it was like buttery, buttery, just silk all over, cotton all over my skin. It just felt like the finest fabrics and linens that I could lay my body on. Oh, especially when you take a shower, you shave your legs and then you rub your legs all over them smooth ass sheets <laughs> like Brooklyn. And then it comes in a variety of colors, comes in a variety of of different patterns. So and they've all also increased their patterns and their colors. They just feel so lovely. I don't be sweating all over the place. I love my Brooklyn and sheets. Brooklyn was the first direct to consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers and offer luxury products without the luxury markup. Brooklyn has a variety of sheets, color patterns, and materials for all your lounging needs from linen, airy and effortlessly chic, made with the highest quality flax in the world to luxe sateen, buttery smooth cotton sheets. Brooklinen also has bedding extras like blankets and fabric care. Plus, a friendly Brooklinen rep is ready to chat about any and all of your questions. Brooklinen sheets are the perfect place to start making your mornings great. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that, that all their bedding comes with a lifetime warranty. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code GROWN only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Distracted driving is a serious problem on our roadways, leading to the deaths of thousands of people and injuries in the hundreds of thousands each year. When you take your eyes and your focus off the road, even for a second, it can be deadly. 
not just for you, but for other drivers, pedestrians, and bicyclists. Sadly, many Americans use their cell phones while driving, whether it's texting, checking emails, scrolling media feeds, or any other form of distraction. Drivers are putting themselves and others around them at great risk. It's important to know that 48 states ban texting and driving. Also, 21 states prohibit all drivers from using cell phones while driving. Distracted drivers are not only putting people at risk, they're also breaking the law. Look, it's dangerous to use your cell phone behind the wheel. That's why law enforcement officers write tickets and enforce hands-free and anti-texting driving laws. When you're driving, put down your phone and keep your hands on the wheel, your eyes on the road, and your mind on the task of driving. Remember, you drive, you text, you pay. Brought to you by Nitsa. 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 All right. So I want to talk um, today because I'm currently uh, navigating something in my life and I'm just trying to find um, some insight, some, some, I don't know, some perspective, some understanding around how to, how to negotiate this thing. So let me, um, I won't get into detail because I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to share all that just yet. But um, I learned over the weekend that someone very close to me in my family a few years ago um, dealt with something um, a, a very, you know, got a very serious medical diagnosis, had to have a major operation. Um, thankfully, they were able to, you know, you know, get through it. Um, you know, they're, they're now okay. And they're still, they're still here, thankfully. And there's weren't any major complications. And from what I understand the the issue has been addressed, but, um, you know, I, this, this happened, you know, close, like, you know, six or seven years ago. And I'm just now finding out that this person who was very close to me, um, was really ill and had a very serious surgery um, and, and I, I was, you know, that information was not shared with me. Um, when I asked why I was told, you know, you were in school, you and your brother were in school. I didn't want to, you know, be a distraction. I didn't want you guys to worry, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And while I know that, you know, people people deal with things the way that they deal with them. And everyone has a right to kind of process really traumatic news and experiences in their own way. And I don't feel like folks should be pressured to share before they're ready um, to share. But, you know, me being on this side of the secret um, and this is someone who I'm super close with. This is someone who, if something would have happened to them, it would have been a very serious thing for my life. I am I am figuring out how to um, be okay with that because I have to be honest that it was very hurtful to me to to um, have something so serious be kept from me. And I understand that, you know, I know I was talking to Jay, you know, before we started recording, like, you know, when we younger, mm-hmm. our parents and, you know, people close to us, they tend to withhold information. And when they say, when they say why, 
it's always like, you know, I was trying to protect you. I didn't want, it's like they make an assessment about you and your capacity to handle information and they feel like it's better for you not to know. Um, Mm -hmm. and I mean, just thinking about like, you know, this is something that I'm triggered even thinking about now because when my brother died, nobody told me, nobody would tell me I knew something was wrong, but nobody would tell me what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I just feel like we should have a conversation around secrets and family secrets. And what do we do? Because I'm, I'm at a loss, right? Because I feel like this is something that continues to happen within my family dynamic. And it is something that continues to hurt me. And while I want to be respectful of the members of my family who are, you know, living their lives and doing the best they can and exercising their boundaries, I feel like what does it mean to be in close proximity? I mean, such a, such a have such a level of like close relationship with someone, um, and then, you know, withhold such um, serious information. And I don't know, is it my, it's like, do I have a right to be mad? Should I not be mad? Should I not feel away? All of that. I, I've dealt with similar things in my family in different veins. And having that conversation with you before and talking to some other people, I'm finding this is a very common thing. <laughs> um in many families, uh, especially many black families, many um, Latino families, many, many, many families, non-white, I don't know what they deal with. Uh, but, um, you know, we've had, we've had things come up also not to just be putting everybody's business out there. But we've had things come up where I have found other family members and then asked family members about those family members and uh, been lied to because my gut knows. I know you know when somebody's lying mm-hmm. to you. So you're like, oh, wait. So I did not find this family member. <laughs> um, there's been instances where uh, ones have been ill um, and have not disclosed or shared that they have been for quite some time. And it's really disturbing, right? You find out these things, you know, just from finding this information out very recently, that when you learn of these things, it's hurtful. Mm. Because all kinds of things run through our heads, right? Like, what if something fatal could have happened, right. and I didn't even know, I had no time to prepare with this person, right. or... You know, what if, I don't know, I could have had a relationship with this person, but, you know, these family members decided to bury the secret and pretend that they never existed. It's so many different scenarios of what could have happened or what might be had we known this information. And I think as of recently, and it's almost kind of, not almost in the same, but in the same way that we think about with cancel culture, right? And we talked and we talked a little bit about it last week with our old ones, right? Cuz cancel culture doesn't necessarily always apply just to celebrities. Like this could be loved ones. You got to cancel out some loved ones, right. right? But this is where we talked about that patience with older ones and how sometimes we got to come to the realization. We got to hold their feet to the fire, but then sometimes for your own peace, you have to come to the realization that these niggas are the way that they are. Mm. And 
they're they're not going to change. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, sometimes that's a hard pill for us to swallow. It's like we're in an information age. We want to know things. You know, we want to know ancestral things. We want to know. We're also at an age, I know you and I specifically, where family members are getting sick. Friends are getting sick. One of my very best friends flew to tell me that she had breast cancer a few years back. And I was like, I, I had to really sit there and reconcile, like, is this where we at right now? Yeah. So just to bring myself some kind of peace, and I'm going to stop talking because I feel like I've been talking a lot. But I've kind of had to kind of reconcile recently that I can dig and I can ask questions. But if I'm not getting answers from certain people or they're not willing to share certain things... I kind of have to realize that that's that's how they are. Yeah. And come to some sort of peace. Yeah. That's real. That, you know. I, I think, you know, my if I think about my nature, I'm a person who asks questions for a living. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I'm the person. Mm-hmm. And, and you should. I'm, right. And I'm the person <laughs> who, you know, it's not just asking a question, but it's about, you know, designing, like, you know, methods and tools to help us to get the answers that we need. Um, and so I'm very much driven by information and when I don't feel like I have it or have all of it, it like, you know, um, makes me feel less safe. It makes me feel less in control and those things, uh, trigger me. So, um, you know, just kind of owning that. Right. So Mm -hmm. I am, um, I am trying to reconcile in this, in this instance, right what it um means for this person to withhold this information from me. And I'm really conscious and it's very hard, right? It's very hard for me, but I'm consciously uh, working to see this situation from their perspective as best I can. Right. Um, right. And really trying to be open to, you know, the fact that it was their choice to make and this is the choice that they made. And even if it's hurtful to me, it was their right to make that choice. Um, yeah. But I'm just... It's the same thing with Chrissy yeah. Teigen. It's the same thing we said about her. Like, she has every right to process um, that loss the way that she does. And so, you know, as much as we want to... Like, we're like, it's I want to... It's really wanna, hard, like, though. You, you, you should have told <laughs> it's me. Really it's hard. hard. It's, it's really hard, hard, especially when it's somebody really yeah. close with you. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It's very it's hard. hard. It's very hard. I mean, you know, the Chrissy Teigen situation is like, most of us don't know her personally. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, kind of... But think about people close to right. her who might have seen it on social media and been like, you didn't even, like, call yeah. me. You posted it on social media. Well, what if she didn't have the capacity you it know, is, what if it was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. Right. And I just want, and it gives me, it just, I should just say, it makes me more mindful of, of my own decision-making about the things that I choose to share and or withhold That's from it. other people. Yes. Um, I think in this, in this situation, though, it makes what, what kind of makes it more most challenging for me is that I know if I, if the shoe was on the other foot and if I was the one that was sick and and didn't tell this other person that they would never ever have let me live it down. So the double standard of it is what's kind of driving my frustration right now. 
But I know that that at the end of the day is very petty. Um, while I, while I, I mean, I cannot say enough how grateful I am that at the end of the mm -hmm. day, my family member is fine. And it was something that was really hard um, to, to, to deal with at that time. But here we are six or seven years on the other side of it. And, you know, God has been faithful and everybody's good. But it did sting, you know, like the realization, Absolutely. the realization that this whole thing happened and I didn't have any knowledge of it was like very mm -hmm. real. And I didn't I didn't expect it to hurt my feelings the way that it did. And now I'm right. now I'm trying to process those feelings. Right. And not be mad. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm there yet because I'm still kind of like, <laughs> but um Mm -hmm. it's hard right so like how do we I don't know I just I don't like I said I didn't really have a formulated discussion topic I, I don't have it. I don't have an answer <laughs> but at the end of the day I just feel like we do need to spend some time having some conversations about secrets how dangerous they are um, and I'm all for respecting people's boundaries and I acknowledge that folks have a right to share things in their own time, but how do we negotiate mm -hmm. withholding information that puts others at risk? How do we, how do we negotiate that in our relationships? Is that a conversation that needs to be had? Do you feel like, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you partner with somebody, like I'm thinking of somebody I'm dating, somebody I'm in a relationship with, is it my right to say, I would prefer you tell me? I don't like secrets. Mm -hmm. And even if I do share that, you know, if it's still something that they don't want to do, I guess, do they have to? I don't know. It's just a lot to think about. It is. And it's, and, and I think everybody's feelings in these situations are valid, right? Your, your feelings are very valid. Our, you know, our feelings about how we feel about different things that we, that we find out are valid like my feelings are hurt that I did not know this mm -hmm. but then also the person who chose not to disclose whatever the bit of information is their feelings are valid because they're like I chose not to disclose be you know because of a b c d or e so it's it it just family dynamics get so complicated and loved one dynamics get so complicated and it's okay for you to feel the way that you feel um and to even process and like really sit and figure out how how this affects you and I think I think you really said it when we have experiences like this it can get really 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 frustrating mm -hmm. right it can get super frustrating because we don't know we're like oh, what do I do what I don't know what to do with right now yep. and we we can take those experiences I think sometimes the doing may not be so obvious the doing may be us learning these things so that we know how to break these cycles and move differently going forward. You Absolutely. know, so that our 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 generations after us don't have to seek out uh, information, um, you know, or search for why certain things are the way that they are within their family dynamics, because we've been able to start being more open and honest or even you know, when we deal, you know, certain ones that deal with illness, maybe going forward, if we deal with something like that in the future, we know, I don't want my loved ones to feel this right. way. So, you know, I would like to move differently with that. And maybe that's the, maybe doing. that's the lesson right there. Maybe. Yeah. Cause I can't do nothing so, about this, right? It's done. Nah, no, right. it's done. It's over yeah. with now. 
you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would love to hear if folks have thoughts. I don't have the answers. If you yes. have answers, if you have insights, if there are lessons that you have learned in dealing with, you know, family secrets, um, or if there if there are ways that you would want us to kind of think about this conversation and extend it into the future, um, be sure mm-hmm. to let us know. Um, secrets in relationships. What is what is that all all about, right? Because I mean, every relationship has its has its um has its fair share i guess you can say of secrets mm-hmm. it does it does kind of come up mm-hmm. um you know whether it's secrets that y'all you know have together and share together or secret you know those kinds of individuals having their own secrets and negotiating how to navigate that in, in your relationship so let's let's see if we can think about ways to continue this conversation about secrets um and figuring out how we can I don't know. <laughs> continue continue <laughs> to love our loved ones <laughs> and be there for our loved ones and support our loved ones. And I mean, have the hard conversations that need to be had. That's it. Breaking those you cycles know? of, of mums the word. Like, why, I don't know though? why that's such a thing. You know? right? It seems that that's a thing. Like I want to, I want to challenge that in my family. Like, why do y'all feel I, like, Oh, I know exactly. You know what? Exactly what it is. It's, it, it is a component um, and a product of white supremacy well, because black people came from a place where we had to act a certain way. And then I know people are like, don't, why you always got to bring it back to slavery? Because nigga, that's what the fuck it is. And so black people had to act a certain way, which is why there's terms and things like, oh, you wanted a good ones so or, you know, shit like that. So we had to act a certain way, which then we start putting those expectations on each other. And so we don't want to put family business out there that could be perceived as negative um, or be perceived as this or that. So we held a lot of stuff within our families and to ourselves so that we always have that image of whatever. And that is now where we have to break those cycles of that. You put your shit on the table so you can deal with it. Because another another issue that we've had from that is that we don't know how to properly deal with we stuff talk and we're about figuring things. out how yeah, to do we that don't talk now, about right? Especially in my family, and that's something that I don't really know how to broach. <laughs> I don't know how to how to go about that because it's so like etched into who we are. It's so deep, mm-hmm. so deep. Um, we don't really talk about we don't talk about things. We don't share things, and I don't know why why we've like allowed this whole. S- silence is strength lie to kind of like i feel like everyone feels like because they don't have to talk about things or they choose not to talk about things that that means that they have dealt with them that they are stronger and better for it when i actually feel like the opposite is happening yeah no sometimes eating people up inside i just wish that we can kind of get past that and stop skirting things under the rug and acting like things never happen Agreed. and not saying things for fear that so-and-so can't handle it. I'm just like, you know, I don't know. Maybe the kid that you knew couldn't handle it, but the kid that has been taking care of herself for this long, the kid that has faced really difficult things um, and, you know, by God's grace found a way to survive can handle more than you think. If you would just Absolutely. open your eyes to the fact that the kid that you knew is evolving and you can continue to get to know her as she evolves, if you would stop putting the lid on all the conversations that you don't think I'm ready for. 
And also we have to remember you parents have to ask themselves, do you do this because you not ready right. to have them conversations? Right. It's not even just like, I think it's easy to use kids as a scapegoat and say, oh, well, they can't handle this information right now. Sometimes it's them who can't handle answering the questions and sitting in the hot seat. They don't want to revisit certain things. And that is a product of you obviously needing some therapy or needing to figure out some way to work out whatever traumas and triggers and things you got going on internally. But so many of us have not been taught to do that early on and so it's trickling down through our generations and I think it's it's us who is really trying to break those they're really trying to break those curses so I encourage if you're finding out family secrets if you're finding out certain things I encourage you to ask questions I do I know when I tell you like I I had a family member I found out through another family member but I had a family member recently as I'm sitting here asking all these questions and really digging into some ancestral research they're like what, what, what she's she ain't up to no good she ain't up to no good well really i'm up to no good trying to find out things from 1936 what the fuck do you think i'm getting ready to do with that but <laughs> you know so i encourage you to still ask questions and if then people stop answering the questions dig into it but don't drive yourself so crazy that you have no peace because you can't control how other people move and it, it's a hard thing, but I think we should take those lessons with us so that we can start navigating differently and changing the course of how that goes with our, with our ancestral lineage. For sure. But we'd love to hear from you, like Kia said, if, even if you're dealing with similar issues. I, like I've, I've had this conversation with multiple people, which is really interesting. So I, I can imagine that there are many of us who are dealing with the same thing, especially those come from black families and brown families where we've been taught like that's what we need to do is to hold things in so we'd love to hear from you we've been hearing from a lot of people regarding the episode last week about change and, and loved ones um you know not being able to accept certain changes about people we'd love to continue to hear from you because we want to further that conversation and bring in some of you guys experiences so uh, continue to write into getting grown podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you and we have an honesty box to get into. So let's do that. Right. 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 During these economically turbulent times, everyone is looking for a way to feel more financially secure. It's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000, so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed-rate payment. Upstart is completely online and makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. If the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. See why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com grown to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash grown. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. Full Honestly? Amount, full amount, full amount, Truly. Oh, it's honesty box time. So let's go ahead and get into it. Would you like to give our listener pseudonymsis? Let's, is it, do we know gender? I believe... I believe it is she identifies as a she. All right. 
right. Yes. Black let's, woman. Let's call her Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> you would deny a doubtfire. Let's do that. Life's candy and the sun's a bowl of butter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let it rain on my parade. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire writes, good morning, Jade and Kia. Good morning. Good, good morning. I am to a 26-year-old black woman without kids. I'm the youngest in my family, so I never had to babysit. This okay. year, I decided to help my first grade nephew with virtual learning once a week. Mm-hmm. I've decided that when I do have kids, I will not spank them and have decided that I will not spank my nieces or nephews. Okay. However... My sister does whoop her child, and I struggle to get my nephew to listen to me without the threat of getting the belt. I've never spanked him, but I've given him forehead flicks and hand slaps to discipline him, but he still will try me after. How do I get my little nephew to behave while I'm babysitting him without me knocking his head off? Every day that I babysit, I get closer and closer to spanking him or knocking his teeth clean out. Any advice would be (laughs) greatly appreciated. Thanks, Mrs. Doubtfire. So, Mrs. Doubtfire, I will defer to Jay because she's a parent, but I will say <laughs> this. I will say this, though. I have learned, as a child who was spanked, right, what I feel like um, is that, I don't know, did she say how old her, she said first grade, right? First grade, so probably like six, seven. What I what I What I've learned is that, you know, or actually in my experience, there was a time when spanking was what got the job done. But I I, I don't remember. Like, you know what I'm saying? The punishments that I remember in, in, that, in that as being like effective were the ones that were personal to me. Like spanking was kind of like a general kind of like, you know, really kind of broad kind of like, you know, approach to discipline. It was when... um my mother or my, you know, whoever was taking care of me at that time, it was when they paid attention to me and noticed the things that I enjoyed doing, like the, the, the punishments that were specific to me, my interests, my needs. Um, mm-hmm. Those were the ones that were the most impactful. So of course it wasn't right away. Um, but over time, like I felt like my grand, my grandfather realized that spanking wasn't really effective. But he mm-hmm. paid he paid attention to me and recognized that, you know, mm-hmm. what what really got my attention was when people would ignore me. <laughs> so, so <laughs> um, you know, because he knew me. Right. So he, he knew me and that that our, our connection, our relationship was something that I greatly valued. So when he started to change, like when I was in trouble and he changed the dynamic of the way that he engaged with me you know, um, taking things away from me that I really enjoyed. Learning what Mm -hmm. your nephew really connects with as a six-year-old. Every six-year-old has a a kryptonite, right? What is the thing that gets his attention? Um, You know, whatever those things are. (laughs) I don't know what the kids are into (laughs) these days because I'm only raising a snake plant. But whatever it is that gets his attention, those are the things that, you know... Are, are most impactful when it comes to sending a message. And what discipline is, is like you send in a message, you set in a standard. This is behavior is, this is a behavior that will not be tolerated. And if you continue, it's conditioning. So um, to me, 
spanking and, you know, kind of like those kind of physical things to me have been less effective because they are often not accompanied with the language that, that want, that brings about mm-hmm. the conditioning. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I was spanked. I felt like eventually my mama got the hang of the spankings and she knew how to do them in a way that really made them effective for her. Right. And I don't know whether mm-hmm. or not, you know, as someone who's, I don't have any children, so I can't say whether or not I would do it. But if this is something that you committed to doing, I think that there are ways that you can figure out how to engage your nephew and and be mindful that you are not, you know, just trying to discipline him and get him to stop doing certain things, but you're conditioning him around a standard of, you know, appropriate behavior. And it's about rewarding good behavior and sanction, negatively sanctioning behavior that is unacceptable. And I don't know if that is helpful at all, but I tried. To the mom. No. <laughs> I agree, actually, wholeheartedly. Um, and I think you worded it really well. The thing about discipline and the thing about kids is that our job as parents, I'm not putting this on you as the auntie, but you wrote in, so I'm talking to you too. <laughs> Um, our job though is to help to guide them, right? To help them to, to guide them and like be able to stay on a path without falling off the side, like, uh, I don't know, Mario Kart, um, and, you know, flying off the side of the edge, but like, we're supposed to guide them. So with the discipline, I feel like discipline needs to be kept in mind with um, helping them to, you know, set boundaries and understand behavior and like what's appropriate at the time and what's not. And that's not to say children should be seen and not heard or what have you, but you can't be out in the world doing whatever the fuck you want. Right. So we're supposed to help them as little human beings and I think one, I, I know we talked about what last week or recently where I, I've talked about I don't really spank. I don't spank because I find it to be antiquated. I agree with Kia. I feel like finding a form of discipline means learning the child even more, which then strengthens your relationship. I also hate when people use reading as punishment. I just, that's just a side note. Man, the more I you wish, use honey, reading as punishment, right? Like, that would not have worked. It would have the opposite effect. People like, I'm gonna make you go in your room and read a book. No, no, no. Take the books away like you take them toys. Like you don't get to have and that's that's how I try to discipline Noah. You don't get to have privileges. You don't get to have these other things. You get to have everything that you need. You will have food, you have water, you have a bed to sleep in. But you are not allowed privileges and extra things. If you know you're doing stuff that you don't have no business doing. And a lot of us as adults, too, need to reevaluate why we're disciplining. Are we disciplining because we're tired? Are we disciplining disciplining because we are impatient in that moment? Last night, Noah woke up at 3-something in the morning. Usually she sleeps just fine. She woke up 3-something in the morning and came in my room. I was up. And she was like can I lay in here? I'm like, no, I'm getting some work done. So the light is on. Like you need to go back to bed. She really was like, when I tell you, I guided her all the way back to her bed. Even when we got to her little ladder to climb up, she made herself heavy. Like she did not want to go. She was very upset. 
in that moment, I'm I can I can imagine some parents. And I know how I was I was raised getting whooped. So my mother would have been like, "Yo, I'm gonna get the belt if you do not get in that damn bed, <laughs> right?" But I had to think to myself, "Did you have a? Maybe she had a bad dream. Why? Right? Like maybe if, yeah. maybe there is something that caused her to have fear for why she didn't want to get back in her bed. Why would I whoop her in that moment and add to that anxiety? So she went. She lay with her daddy on the couch, but." We have to evaluate ourselves too and say, okay, am I, is this person being six or seven years old or are they just acting like a little terrorist and actually like doing things that they know they don't have no business doing? Because what I want y'all to stop saying is that there's no bad kids out there. There's absolutely bad kids. Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> there's people who, there's no bad kid. No, there's some badass kids out there, but then, but the majority are just kids. And and we need to stop and ask ourselves, am I as a as an adult right now frustrated because this little nigga is acting like a six year old? Yeah. Just changing the course of how we think changes the course of how we act with our little ones. And we gotta keep in mind that we're here to shape them and to help or to help them shape themselves how they want to. You know, if this nigga wants to be an octagon, then you just got to help him to be an octagon. Let me show you how to, like, shave these eight sides down so you can be the best octagon you're going to be. And I hope so. I hope that's I hope that's helpful. I know virtual learning is the ghetto. (laughs) It is the absolute ghetto. And, you know, hats off to you for volunteering that time to go over there and help your sister out. Like I am, I am sure sure she is super grateful for it, but just try to keep some of those things in mind. And for parents who are listening, if you've had some of the same questions, those are some of the things that I personally try to keep in mind. And I don't always get it right. I get impatient and I get frustrated, but that's one reason why I don't whoop. Cause I'm like, I know that I'm, I don't want, I want to make sure that I'm not doing this out of my own frustration. She's still a little person. So, and I know there's other ways. So that's just, that's, that's what I got to say about that. I hope that's helpful. Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, (laughs) Please keep us posted on how your auntie virtual learning sessions are going. (laughs) We are, we are praying for you and we are praying for all of the caretakers, parents, grandparents, aunties, uncles, tutors, uh, whoever else is monitoring these little niggas while they do their virtual learning because, whew, I get it. But um, with that being said, let's move on to our black woman self-care. Continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. I deserve right. Let's talk about some self-care. So, you know, I was racking my brain. What have you been doing to take care of yourself this week? Because it has not been a great week for that. But um, I figured it out. So I went to the uh, one of my favorite health food stores, herbal shops. I get spices, herbs. I get all, all kinds of things from the syrups, waters. I get all kinds of things from them. I decided... You know, since your girl likes to partake in the cannabinoids, um, 
I was like, well, you need to try to do as much as you can for your body. At least try to give it some nice things. So I bought myself some lung formula. Oh. It's all natural. Uh, all natural, certified organic. Um, it is. It consists of licorice root, cane sugar, long pepper fruit, uh, elecampane root, malabar nut tree leaf, amla fruit, Wow. Bibitaki. All these things. I have Aritaki, no idea what they are. Holy basil leaf, cardamom seed, and cinnamon. And it is for lung health. So <laughs> I bought myself something, you know, just to try to help with my lung health as I continue to do the things that I do. And you can save your comments about, well, if you just stop, well, you can just not. <laughs> but that's my black woman self care this week what's yours sis i um had a no screen time weekend on saturday i committed yes to um i closed my laptop on friday i actually was up writing well into the morning like early saturday morning but when i closed my laptop on friday night early saturday morning i said that i wasn't going to open it again until uh at least for a day so i didn't know if i would make it to monday but i i did make it through all day saturday all night saturday and all day sunday i didn't open it again until maybe yesterday evening sunday evening which was a good which was you know a big deal for me but yes it is i had no, no screen time i think just the the overwhelm of not just, you know, work, but like the news and what was going on in the world, mm -hmm. um, you know, with the with the virus and all these other things that are happening. I just felt like I was really overwhelmed and I was inundated with information and I wanted to really kind of just take some time away from um, the Internet so that I could have some time to pray and reflect and hear from God. And I'm very, very glad that I, I did that I did some sleeping yes. caught up on caught up I spoke to my grandma on the phone for a couple of hours um clean my house got to catch up with you know a friend who was in town it was the it was a you know I went to the gym got my toes done you know just kind of tried to have a regular I went to the target you know, I've limited my target runs to like once a month because I think, you know how when I was living in the studio, I would go to Target and spend $100 every time. Yes. Now that I have the house, it's 200 <laughs> like, Yeah, What the hell? But um, yes. so I've limited my target runs. I only allow myself to go like once a month. And I looked at the calendar and saw that I had, it was four weeks since my last target run. So I... I got myself together on Friday night. It was a good Friday night. I got, I got my mask and my hazmat suit and said that I was going to <laughs> visit the Target and get that old thing back. Yes, Naomi Campbell. It was a good time. It was a good time. So, yes, that was my black woman self-care. Um, this weekend, I unplugged uh, just a bit. And I do feel refreshed. Like today, I you know, you know, after my morning workout, I got back to my desk and just kind of like ran through i have another deadline writing that deadline this week so i you know there was a met my writing goal for the day 
before we ended up recording. So I feel like after we re- record, I can go to bed with with a clear conscience. Yes. So I'm, I feel like it set me, it set the tone for, you know, a solid and productive week. And I'm very grateful. I love it. I'm very grateful it. for that. And I'm sure you, I'm sure you're also grateful to be working out as a ball hitter scallywag again. Woo! <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> I mean, because that head ease. looks cool and free, honey. The ease I am with very which jealous. I, I mean, I mean, everything is e- better. I mean, what shower caps, girl? I just be in the shower, just like <laughs> God is so amazing. <laughs> I and I can just, and you know what? As a ha- housewoman, give somebody bought me a one of them rainfall shower heads, and I hadn't put it on, but now yes. I can just put it up and just be like you know my shower can literally be mm. the goddamn Sar- the Air- the amazon rainforest <laughs> if i want it to be okay god it's good oh my god i had to take my braids out i'm so stressed about it and you know I'm that was the thing you're clear and free because head. it was a decision it was a I decision it was like i don't want to think about what to do with my hair so this is the way that i won't have to do that period I think I'm going to get me some locks. I've been contemplating locks for over a decade, and I think it's it might be time to start doing that. I'm just at a place in life where hair is just not something I want to think about. And yeah, and I know that I for it. some people, that I'm not telling people to go out and cut all the hair off. I'm just saying whatever you can do to minimize. I mean, and if, if your hair doesn't stress you out, then this is not, you know, I'm not talking to you. But trying to figure out what to do with Frederick Douglass was really stressful because I didn't have the interest to twist and twist out and wash and go. I just didn't have the, I didn't have it in me. I get it. I just had to make some hibiscus water because hibiscus is really good um, with your, with, with moisture in your hair. But I'm I'm tired of doing all of that, nigga. I'm ready to throw these locks. Yeah, in I mean, my I just bought just my purple. Can- I bought some purple shampoo to tone my little blonde, bald yes. tennis ball looking head. And you know, you got the head shape for it. See, I be everybody stra- I always got- says that. You do though. You should accept it. Okay, <laughs> I will. But we got petty peeves. Let's round this thing out. Okie doke. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey, honey. Oh, it's time for the petty peeves. And my petty peeve is not so petty this week. Um, So I follow Plies, who mm. Kia also follows. I believe mm-hmm. you follow him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he because he is truly a joyful, joyful, joyful character. Um... When I tell you I get many chuckles and just glee from watching Plies just be Plies, you know, watching him just rejoice over the wonderfulness that is Wawa (laughs) was incredible. Uh, But this week, my man said, I am not Plies right now. I am Algernod. Go ahead. And... (laughs) I agreed oh, I with life. everything life. he said. I, I love it. He was not plot. This is plot. <laughs> Why are they talking about the wah wah? This week, he was all Grenade. <laughs> because, and, and I just bring him up because you guys need to go look at his page. He, when I tell you, when Plies decides to get in his bag and start talking his shit, he'd be on his shit. 
But for all of the people who are trying to police how other people feel about the alleged uh, COVID that the president has or the president allegedly has, the carrot hot dog, you don't get to tell people how to feel. That's black, white, anybody. You don't get to tell people how to feel about a wretched disease of a human being who has shown disregard for human life in so many blatant ways and people who have been affected by this carrot hot dog. I won't call it, I won't call it a person. I won't call it carrot hot dog. You don't get to tell people how to feel, especially when they've been affected by the reckless choices that this person has made or has had a disregard because people have lost family members, people have lost friends, people have suffered as a result of him in his disgusting, inhumane ways and his administration's disgusting ways. Whoever got their hand up his back because we all know that he is out of his fucking mind. He is there's he makes no sense. There's no good within him and there's no sense within him. Mm. But for everybody who's affiliated, anybody who's around him, all of those people who have those same belief systems, you don't get to tell people how to feel. If they want to celebrate the demise of this nigga then let them cheer in the goddamn street. If they want to have a barbecue and roast a pig. <laughs> because they are just that excited, then you need to shut up. Because you don't get to tell people how to feel about a wretched disease of a person like that. You don't get to do that. And that's my petty peeve. That's all I got. Well, um, I my petty peeve is petty. Um, and I feel like, you know, every now and then, I mean, on, especially on the internet, every so, every few months or so, you blacks pick a word that you are going oh, yeah. to use mm. and overuse and use any way you want to use it. Oh, what, what you, which um, one are you about to say? Rent free? What you about to say? <laughs> no. The girls have really bought into this let's normalize concept. Oh, let's yeah. normalize uh full fat bacon let's normalize jail pedicures let's normalize <laughs> let's normalize uh uh edges i don't know girl but the girls are normalizing everything um and i know i know i feel like i understand the premise um and it's it's really like let's normalize black women uh you know taking care of themselves less normalized uh you know i don't know i i get the premise i get the premise is that you know we're trying to think better and adopt better practices and live higher more informed enlightened lives but i feel like uh, you know as as we see with a lot of the words that y'all like to sink your teeth in i.e toxic we don't always <laughs> We don't always, you know, really do our due diligence around thinking about whether or not we're using that word, that phrase, 
correctly, appropriately, etc. And so I said this on my social media last night because I feel like I've been inundated with the less normalized phrases. And I just wanted to share here as well that y'all are not going to less normalize me to death. Okay. <laughs> let's normalize that okay let's normalize y'all not normalizing everything okay let's Thank normalize you. causes that actually like Ooh. need to be normalized you Lord know what i'm saying Lordy. like let's normalize gay marriage and not you know <laughs> like let's do things like that let's let's normalize let's, minding our business Let's normalize, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, moisturizing our skin. Let's normalize, you know, sweeping our own front porches. Let's normalize <laughs> and it. And that is a metaphor, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's normalize it. You know what I'm saying? But you yes. know, hey, everyone can say what they want to say. Sweeping it's our own front porches. I want y'all to let that. I want y'all to let that sit with you, please. I I think I might call the episode "Sweeping Our Own oh, Front my Porches." Lord. But listen. <laughs> Y'all, that's a Petty Peeves segment. Yes. We are excited, um, uh, as always, to kick it with you guys around the kitchen table for yet another episode of Getting Grown. We appreciate your support and your listenership. We appreciate all the emails that you guys send every week. We read them. We love that you guys are listening to the show, connecting with the show. We got emails this week about people who connected to last week's discussion. We love to hear that um that really affirms us and lets us know that you guys are really um enjoying what we are you know seeking to put together um for you guys week after week so thanks again we'll be back next week if the lord says the same as my grandma says (laughs) and um y'all continue to take care of yourselves wash your hands don't touch nothing okay Mm. Because the COVID mm. is still among us. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't believe the hype. Okay. okay? That second wave is is literally on deck. Okay. In the bullpen. Okay. Um, so Get yeah. Get your tell, subscriptions in order. Yes, indeed. Tell tell the girls what else they need to do, sis. Oh, drink your water so that, you know, your skin's not all weird. Yes, yeah, um, very important. Sweep your own front porch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to connect with that. So, so. Oh my God. I haven't heard it in so long and I, I just forgot how much I loved it. Um, sweep around. Sweep your own front porches. Mind your own black ass business. Mm, my Lord. Uh, Latinx ass business. Uh, especially white ass business um just your business whatever you identify as you mind that and then lastly moisturize your heels mm-hmm. uh normalize that the More, webs normalize of your fingers the webs of your fingers and your toes so you don't get those weird hurdy splinty things in between your pinky toe and the other one um and so that you know when we're in public i don't look at the back of your feet and you know talk shit about you um uh, Cause your black will crack if it's dry. <laughs> Absolutely, in that order. Y'all take care. Bye. Distracted driving is a serious problem on our roadways, leading to the deaths of thousands of people and injuries in the hundreds of thousands each year. It's important to know that 48 states ban texting and driving, so distracted drivers are not only putting people at risk; they're breaking the law. 
Look, it's dangerous to use your cell phone behind the wheel. That's why law enforcement officers write tickets and enforce anti-texting and driving laws. Eyes on the road, hands on the wheel, and mind on driving. Remember, you drive, you text, you pay. Brought to you by NHTSA.